Hi, my name's Samuel Finlay, and you're listening to the ACES Podcast. In this episode, I chat with Dr. Cameron Ferris. Cameron is the Chief Operations Officer at Inventure Life Science and is an ACES and University of Wollongong PhD graduate. We chat about his career journey, startups, going into industry, his passion for music, and more. So, let's get to my conversation with Cameron. So we're talking to Dr. Cameron Ferris on today's podcast. Cameron, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me, Sam. Appreciate it. So how's life at the moment? Obviously, slightly different with COVID-19 and all the restrictions. You're currently working from home, I believe. Yep, working from home. Um, these are definitely different times, but um, managing as best I can, as we all are, and um, the team's still in high spirits, so all going well. Good to hear. Now, we'll get to um, what you're doing currently in a moment, but I want to go back to, to the beginning from uh, all the way back to your PhD experience. So you did a PhD at UAW uh, in biofabrication, graduated in 2013. Can you explain uh, the project and a bit more about your thesis, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, I was fortunate to be at ACES at University of Wollongong um, right at the beginning of the biofabrication journey, I suppose, when cell printing and that concept was was uh, relatively new. Um, so my PhD was all around the development of biomaterials for inkjet printing of, of living cells and um, yeah, an incredibly rewarding experience. Um, yeah, I think Completing a PhD is a challenging experience, and, and of course, it, it should be. Um, you know, it can often be a bit of a, a roller coaster of personal discovery, as much as it is professional <laughs> discovery. Um, but um, yeah, by and large, my experience at ACES was was really positive, and um, yeah, I think uh, a lot of that has to do with the environment there at at ACES. Um, yeah, it's an incredibly vibrant place to to do research. Um, I think uh, very very collaborative and, and cross disciplinary place. So it was uh, yeah, very very rewarding. You studied under ACES director Professor Gordon Wallace. Who else were your supervisors? So I had two other supervisors. Was fortunate to have three. So uh, Professor Mark Inhet Punhouse uh, was one, and then Dr. Kerry Gilmore um, was the other. So um, all of them incredibly inspiring mentors and researchers in their own right, and. Um, yeah, really all laid a foundation for me and my career. Yeah, great. I often see them around the around the offices and the labs are still today. So, um, yeah, yeah, still there. Yeah, familiar faces, certainly. Uh, and you also did your undergraduate degree at UAW as well? Yep, I did a Bachelor of Nanotechnology at UAW. Great. Are you, are you a local boy then from Wollongong? I grew up in Camden, um, so 45 minutes up the hill. Um, still live in Camden. So uh, for me, it was a choice of going into the city uh, to go to uni or, or heading downhill to the beach. And of course, I, I chose the beach so. <laughs> and, and very, very glad I did. An easy decision, I think. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you also did a grad cert in business administration. Yeah, that was, that was really rewarding. Probably um, one of my more rewarding kind of learning experiences. Um, it was a, a scheme, I guess, that was running towards the end of my PhD where um, in the University of Wollongong Business School, you could do a grad cert in business administration for, for free, essentially, or, or supported at least, so, um, a subsidised um, rates. And um, yeah, it was fantastic. I did that uh, towards the end of my PhD and kind of gave me a, a bit of a taste and a bit of an initial learning in, in the business world. 
And then you stayed on with ACES uh, in research for a little while after that. What exactly were you doing then when you finished your PhD for ACES? So I was very uh, kind of fortunate to be involved in some collaborative projects. Um, you know, that was one of the one of the best things about ACES was some of the uh, industry and clinical collaborations um, at the institute. And so um, I was involved in some some great projects at the forefront of biofabrication with um, clinicians and industry partners globally. Um, so I stayed on for about a year, a bit more, post my PhD. Um, helping to drive some of those uh, more kind of translational or commercially oriented projects forward. Just speaking about collaboration there, I often see you at ACES headquarters, um, you know, different types of workshops and whatnot. Do you still stay in contact with a lot of people that you got to know uh, within ACES? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I think that the community there at ACES is is really incredible. Um, I think it goes without saying it's um, very cross-disciplinary um, and, and some incredible researchers across a variety of fields. I mean, I, I remember being, um, you know, sitting in seminars one week on, on hydrogel biomaterials and the next week on disensitized solar cells <laughs> or, or something. Um, and, and there's often uh, incredible workshops happening uh, still at the Institute. So, yeah, we're I'm still involved in those and still keep in touch with, uh, with Gordon and, and, and many of the team at UAW and in fact um, we, we've got a, a business now has a collaborative project um, with the institute as well which I'll, I'll probably touch on a bit later on too. You went on to work with EY I believe in research and development can you explain that a little bit? Yeah sure so um, you know I, I was always very passionate about the, the challenge of translating great ideas and great innovation out of the lab and, and into the real world um, where it can you know have impact on, on patients and customers and my career journey has really been a, a really wonderful learning experience in, in that space. And, and the first step, as, as you mentioned, was into Ernst & Young. And, um, you know, I think, may I add that, I think a career journey often is about uh, just taking a step like that often into the unknown. And that's very Definitely. much what that step was for, for me. Um, it was the first step out of academic uh, research. I, I had decided that um, if I was to really learn about um, translation and commercialization, um, perhaps I'd best learn that from the other side of that divide, I guess, the research uh, commercialization divide. And yeah, so an opportunity came up to join EY in the R&D advisory team. And I had no idea what that would, uh, would mean or entail, but um, I, I took the leap and I joined a fantastic team of, of scientists and engineers primarily. Um, and we worked with companies from startups to multinationals across a range of different sectors, um, helping to access tax incentives and other funding avenues uh, for their internal innovation. Um, really rewarding experience to see how innovation works across all those different industries and different sizes of companies. And also really just rewarding to see how a place like EY functions and to be embedded in a business like that. I often consider it my, my PhD in business, I guess, my time <laughs> at, at EY. Yeah, something very different to um, doing a PhD, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what was the, the next step in your career journey after EY? Was it straight to Inventio Life Sciences after that? No, so there was one step in between a, a role with the IQ group. Um, I had, a, I guess, a niche to get closer back to life science R&D and commercialization. Um, and so that uh, role was in life science investments. We invested in and commercialized early stage IP uh, in the life sciences 
Um, so I was there for um, a bit of 18 months, uh, again, a, a part of an incredible team there in Sydney. Um, dur- during that time, I was on the advisory board of InVenture Life Science, um, which was, is a, a startup um, commercialising 3D bioprinting technology. And um, it was the, the time arose about two years ago um, where it was just the right timing to jump on board with the company full time. And uh, so I, I couldn't say no to that opportunity. And um, so I, I jumped on board as the, as the CEO about two years ago and have been helping to, to build the business since then. Right. So you were working, I guess, well, involved with Inventia for a while and then sort of jumped on full time as of 2018. Yeah, that, that, that's right. Um, you know, the first uh, four or five years of Inventia's life was. Um, essentially one and a half people full time and, uh, and a, um, uh, an ARC linkage agreement with, uh, with the University of New South Wales. So um, slowly developing the core technology. And, um, I, I think reflecting on it, I've been very fortunate in that I always uh, wanted to be involved in an early stage startup like that. Um, but I wouldn't consider myself the, the kind of archetypal entrepreneur. I'm, I'm not a massive risk taker. <laughs> um, you know, I've got, I've got young kids. I wasn't going to remortgage my house to start a startup. And um, so Dr. Julio Ribeiro, the uh, CEO and, and main founder of InVenture, very much is that um, entrepreneurial stereotype <laughs> and was willing to, to risk it all to, to build the business in the very early stages. And, you know, I was lucky that I got to be involved during that period as a, uh, as a founding shareholder an advisor um, that uh, you know, jumped jumped on board, jumped on the ship full time uh, when when things were uh, uh, were a little bit further down the track. And how was that transition to becoming the COO? Um, it's it was and continues to be um, really challenging and really rewarding. Um, I mean, it's an incredible journey uh, building a, a fast growing startup. Uh, every every day is new and presents new challenges. Um, so it's um, it's been an incredible incredible journey and I think will be uh, for a long time. So um, yeah, certainly lots of lots of adjustments and lots of learning curves, but I'm, I'm enjoying every minute, minute of it. So what, what's the sort of work you're doing currently? Um, so, so InVenture um, developed core technology um, over many years in drop-on-demand bioprinting, uh, so for, for rapid and scalable fabrication of biological structures. And um, we've commercialized that in a platform that we call Rastrum. Uh, it enables researchers and pharma companies to very rapidly print 3D cell models to accelerate drug discovery and, and drug screening. So um, that platform's being applied uh, now to find treatments for cancer and other disease and obviously provides incredible purpose to, to what we're doing as a team. Um, we're selling that platform now in Australia and we're in the process of, of ramping up to launch it globally. Um, but we also have longer term projects that leverage the same core technology. So, in fact, I mentioned before we have a collaboration with um, Professor Fiona Wood and yours truly, Gordon Wallace, yep. uh, and, and, the team, <laughs> and the team there at ACES, um, which is all about printing patient derived skin cells along with biomaterials directly onto uh, a burn or wound uh, to trigger skin regeneration. What stage is that up to? Um, yeah, good, good question. So it's a, it's a relatively early stage project. Um, we've been working on it for 18 months, two years. Um, we've progressed through to some early preclinical work in pig models. Um, 
it's been um, a really exciting project to, to be a part of um, because of the people that it pulls together, but also the, the kind of scale of the challenge and, and what we're trying to achieve together. Um, how hands-on am I? Um, you know, I'm, not, I'm not in the lab anymore, um, but <laughs> certainly get to be part of the, um, the scientific discussions and, and the strategic discussions around how we're developing the project. And um, yeah, I, I find that really, really stimulating and rewarding. We've got a really great team of engineers and scientists working on it and um, yeah, pleasure to be involved with them all. Do you miss the labs? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do I miss the labs? I do sometimes. Sometimes I get the itch to go back to the bench, but uh, no, I don't really miss the labs. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you've taken more of an industry pathway. Did you sort of think about going the more academic way to begin with or was it sort of always leaning towards academia? Yeah, um, you know, I certainly had no clear idea of which direction I wanted to go in when I started my PhD. Um, probably midway through my PhD, I, I, I think I knew that I wanted to head more into the industry kind of commercialization path. Um, I really, really enjoy scientific research, um, but just had that itch to be close to translation and, and um, an impact on, on patients and, and customers. And, um you know, I think it's, uh, I forget the stats, but it's a pretty small portion, I think, of people um, now who complete a PhD and end up in a, in a true academic path and, and end up becoming a, a professor. Um, yeah. But it's, um, yeah, it's an incredible, uh, incredibly difficult pathway for those that, that go on it. Um, and uh, yeah, some, some incredible minds going down that path too. How do you spend your spare time? What do you do in your downtime? Um, Downtime. No, no. Um, if you have any. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, uh, I've got three young kids, um, yeah. six, four, and one. Uh, so being a dad absorbs um, pretty much all of my time outside of work. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm biased, but I think it's the best job in the world. Um, of course, with uh, all the, the COVID-19 uh, restrictions where as a family in the same spaces uh, a lot at the moment and that of course has its challenges but it's, um, <laughs> sure. it's also been really enjoyable to have some more time together as a family um, we love getting outdoors uh, of course can't do that as much right now uh, at the moment um, but my my other love is is music so I've um, used the time to try and finish off a, a little music studio in our house and try and spend as much time as I can in there playing the the guitar or mucking around as much as possible and I've um I've committed to finally try and learn the piano so I've, I've been enjoying very uh, impressive trying to get into that have you had, <laughs> ever had a jam with uh Gordon yeah he's uh, he's unmatched he's uh, <laughs> uh some of my uh, best memories uh oasis parties with uh, when the wild rover comes out and, and Gordon pulls out the guitar so um <laughs> uh, we did a um uh uh, not too long ago, a, a party, uh, a birthday party for, for Gordon and um, some of the crew got together and played some some tunes. So um, Peter Innes and Michael Higgins and, and others, and uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Something I've sort of been asking everyone that I've had on the podcast: Is there some sort of maybe morning routine or something you do each day that helps you approach a day of work? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, I I actually find um, Perhaps a more important routine for me that I try and keep as best as possible is the end of the previous day. Um, so I spend a lot of time um, being frustrated at the end of the day when I hadn't <laughs> finished the, the to-do list and um, had many thoughts swirling around in my head of what I didn't get to or didn't get completed. 
And so as much as possible, I try and finish off every day by um, kind of resetting uh, my, my list, um, focusing back on what I want to achieve the next day um, and trying to align that with uh, the kind of bigger picture plans for the quarter or for the year. And um, I find when I when I do it, and I don't do it all the time, but when I do it well, it means I um, wake up the next day with a, with a clear head and a clear picture of what I want to achieve. So, um, yeah, that's one, one little strategy I've tried to uh, employ. Um, apart from that, just trying to get up before the kids and having, having some <laughs> clear thinking time before the uh, the chaos of the morning ensues. So just wondering if you had any uh, advice to, you know, maybe people or students currently doing a PhD or those thinking about it, maybe even those thinking about going into industry or that sort of startup life. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, th- I mentioned before that I think a career journey is often just about taking the, the next step and, um, I think there's a bit of a fallacy sometimes that you can map out a completely ideal career path and, and have it all um, com- you know, perfectly architected and then follow the path. I think it rarely happens like that. And um, I think the best thing you can do is to, to take the next step and then do the absolute best in whichever role you're in. And um, the career kind of plays out um, if, if you do that. Um, the other thing, I'd, I'd say is just to stay inquisitive. I mean, um, I remember uh, when I was doing my PhD, I, I, you know, I mentioned I had this this dream of kind of being involved in a bioprinting startup or, or um, being involved in, in commercialization and bringing a product to market. But really, I had very little idea what that meant, <laughs> what, what that uh, would involve. And um, but the best way to learn is just to ask. Uh, you know, reach out to people who are involved in those spaces and. Um, ask questions, be inquisitive, try and learn as much as, as you can. And I think, you know, you, you find there's very few people um, who would say no to a coffee or a quick chat if, um, you know, if a, a smart young person reaches out and wants to learn more about their, their world, um, their industry. So um, I think stay inquisitive and, and reach out to try and develop networks and learn as much about um, the, the space or industry that you're perhaps interested in, in moving into. Yeah, some great advice there. So just to uh, finish up, I mean, you sort of touched on it earlier. Just wondering in the future plans for yourself and for uh, Venture Life Science. Um, yeah, so for, for, for the business, um, yeah, our immediate plans are uh, to continue to ramp up and, and sell um, the Rastrum platform and particularly um, to do that globally. Uh, we're starting to launch up uh, our presence in the US and Europe, uh, obviously, uh, our plans in that sense have, uh, uh, have been impacted a bit by COVID, but um, certainly that's the, the immediate goal and um, we're looking forward to that. Uh, be, beyond that, to really grow our team and continue to invest in, in long-term projects uh, to bring this technology to, to impact patients' lives and that's what really what we're about achieving at the end of the day. Um, for me personally, um, really it's about continuing to build this incredible team that we have at InVenture. Uh, it's an extremely rewarding job to be involved with the, the growing team that we have and um, to, to bring new people into that team and see them thrive. So um, I guess that's my uh, future plans at the moment. I can't plan much further beyond that. <laughs> I don't think any of us can plan much that's further right, no. uh, beyond that in, in the current uh, current climate. Um, but no, I feel very, um, very fortunate. Sometimes I, I uh, you know, pinch myself uh, when I think about um, that, that I'm essentially living out my, my dream job and um, you know, feel, feel very fortunate. So um, 
yeah, focused on, on doing the best I can in, in this role. Yeah, I mean, that's so great to hear. And, and where can people find out more about Adventure Life Sciences? I know you guys are online. Yeah, we're online, um, all the major platforms, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or jump on our website, which is inventure.life, so I-N-V-E-N-T-I-A.life. Thanks so much for jumping on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to, to catch up and hope to see you soon back at ACES headquarters when this whole COVID-19 drama is over. I'm sure I'll be back very soon. And uh, thanks again for having me, Sam, and I look forward to catching up with everyone at ACES soon. Thanks for listening to the ACES podcast. To listen to more episodes like this one, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find more information about ACES on our website, electromaterials.edu.au. On our website, you'll find links to the various social media platforms we're on. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Samuel Finlay. Until next time, thanks for listening.